Rolling out now for an epic night. Dressed to the nines, all stars in sight. But to their fright, they can't get inside. Not on the guest list, well, check it twice. Can't get in. Rev's anger ignited. MK's heart stop, can't revive it. Bouncer saying, hey, let's not get excited. They yell back, how are we not invited? Hello, everybody. Welcome to How Are We Not Invited, the first episode of 2021. We're so excited. I know. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to episode 11. I feel like I want to quote Counting Crows. Maybe this year will Will be be better better than than the last. (laughs) All I have to say is we're making this episode fun and light and funny not, yes. I mean, all our episodes are that way, I think, but Clearly. especially this one, we're not getting serious about anything. No. We're just gonna have fun because the state of the country right now is just too depressing Yeah, between yeah. the coronavirus and politics and everything going on. We just want you guys to enjoy this and I want to enjoy this yeah. I want to have fun with Mary-Kate right now. I do have one political thing to talk about, which is this Uh-oh. Vogue cover that Kamala Harris just had released, and it is a mess. Oh. It is not good. Okay, so I saw it, and all I have to say is I was trying to look for the good in it because I didn't want to... <laughs> I didn't want to have to agree with what everyone was saying. I wanted everyone to be wrong because yeah. how ridiculous is it? But she looks not great. No, it's very strange. If you guys haven't looked at it, take a very simple Google search like Kamala Harris Vogue. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like your grandmother's curtains are behind her. Um, yep. There's a strange like weird yellow floral tablecloth in one photo and her face is completely washed out the light is just shining very bright she looks so uncomfortable too like she looks like she's like hi like making a very weird face yeah I would love to be behind the scenes in that shoot to know what was going on yeah and it's just it's so sad and Mary-Kate didn't you say earlier uh when you and I were talking that um one of them wasn't even approved that's the the, that's what I had heard I'm sure that like more will come out about this but what I had heard was that the one that they used for print was not approved by her people but that the one that they used for the digital cover was approved um so the digital cover is a yellow background with her in a blue suit. It's like not so bad. She still looks washed out and the coloring is weird, but the one that they used for the actual print cover is like pink and green in the background. She's wearing Chuck Taylors, which like I personally support. I've heard criticisms on both sides for the for the Chuck Taylors, but like mm-hmm. I'm into the converse. I love it. I think it's yeah. great. Yeah. But the I- whole thing together is yeah, and like the way they draped the pink background, they have it against that ugly green. It doesn't even match in my opinion. Of course, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, but then like they have it all ruffled, like um, like it's on the ground. So she's standing on it too. 
So it like yeah. looks like very messy. It's yeah. like she's just standing on like the drapes basically. Yeah, I could see it like high fashion with somebody like posing in like a big gown of some kind. Like I could see that background working, but she's such a stark comparison to that, like in her little black suit. It just like yeah, it doesn't. She, and, and I feel like yeah. the yellow one too looks very 1950s. Like it's just the yeah. coloring and the the brown um lettering of Vogue yes. on both is like does it it you can't even it washes everything out and yeah. I don't know. There so one of the first ladies, who was it? May, Mamie um I'm going to look this up. Mamie Eisenhower. Mm -hmm. There's like Mamie Eisenhower pink, which is like pretty much, I think, the pink that was in the background of this Vogue cover. And it's like super dated, exactly like you said. And it mm -hmm. looks like some like sad first lady reference. And like, girl is not the first lady. Right. She, is actually governing our country. Yes. Or about to be. So like, let's let's bring her into uh, 2021 with the rest of us. I know it's so, you know, you just think about all the creative decisions they have to make before they do these photo shoots. And it's like, that's what everyone's saying online right now is like, what the heck were they thinking? Especially yeah. with like, you know, the big controversy of a lot of people saying that they feel that they tried to make her look lighter skinned than she mm -hmm. is, which is of course the big, the biggest, the biggest issue Yes, beyond yeah. everything else. Um, which, yeah, I mean, I would be, I mean, nothing surprises me anymore. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, whoever was looking at this and approved this, which is it still Anna Wintour? I mean, I don't know. She was just promoted recently, but I think, I don't know if she's still doing like hands-on stuff with Vogue, but she's like, she got promoted within the whole company, which is interesting, but. Oh, wow. But yeah, it's just like who, whoever looked at it, I know it's crazy, you know, cause essentially she's a celebrity as being, mm -hmm. you know, vice president, especially with being the first woman vice president and the first African-American or yeah. part African-American. Black, Indian, yeah. all of the above. Yeah. Um. So she's like, you know, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say, but it's like extra celebrity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so, so funny. Like, what must she be feeling right now? You know I what know. I mean? Like, if I had a Vogue cover and I didn't like it, or like people were criticizing it, that is a nightmare. Cause like you are a human being. Like, she literally just like is probably sitting here being like, don't show me the news. I don't want to hear about how thing. bad I look or how much they made me not look like myself or you know, whatever. I can't even imagine. Like, yeah. Or maybe the other end of it, she's like, doesn't even care because she has such yeah. bigger fish to fry right now with the country That's and, true. you know, her job, her upcoming job that begins in what, 10 days now? Yeah. Days. I mean, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's on the Here back. I am thinking she cares about Vogue. <laughs> Who knows? She might. <laughs> I, I certainly would. I, yeah, I just, oh celebrities are people too. Like, oh my God. <laughs> That's my favorite in like the In Touch magazines and the US Weekly is like, they go food shopping. 
Yes. Oh my God. My mom was talking about that. My mom was talking to me about that over Christmas break, um, watching the Today Show. And she was like, she was saying that Hoda from the Today Show talks Mm -hmm. all the time about how she like goes for runs in Central Park every morning and da 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 da. And she talks about her routine. And my my mom was like, how is that safe for her? Does right. she have security? How has she not been taken hostage? <laughs> like that was my mom's, you know, paranoid it's thought of true, it. true though. I mean, yeah. she makes a good point because when you think about someone very well known and famous on the street, you would think like, well, why aren't they certain? Like Kim Kardashian, she's got like, what? Like five security yeah. guards everywhere she goes or- you know, some huge rapper or Beyonce or something like that. But Mm -hmm. there's, it's interesting. There's definitely like levels to it. I feel like certain celebrities are good to go out on their own, but it's true. I wonder at what point, like, do they just deal with getting harassed and deal with the paparazzi? Does something bad have to happen for them to be like, okay, now I need security with me 24 seven. Like, what's the point where you're like, I need security, you know, because I live in LA. So, and I'm sure New York too, but like I see celebrities all the time Mm -hmm. and there's definitely certain places I go where I see more of them. Um, For instance, like a few years ago, I was at this cute little um, juice place in Franklin village in LA. For those of you from here might be familiar with it, but um, I saw Darren Chris. Mm. in there um he love him yeah for those who don't know he's in glee and um he did the the um versace show yeah he's in like everything ryan murphy he's such a little cutie yeah he's so good he was he was so good in um like i i i have to admit i didn't i don't watch glee i didn't watch glee I didn't I did not um, watch Glee either but I watch a lot of the Ryan Murphy things yeah and he like in the assassination of Gianni Versace which is the show that he's in um mm-hmm. he was incredible if anybody uh hasn't seen that I, I I highly recommend it he he's just such a strong actor he does a yeah. wonderful job but anyway so I remember going in there with my friend Kayla hi Kayla and hi. of course I'm always the worst at celebrities you would think I would know who everyone is, but when I see them in person half the time, I'm like, who is that? But Kayla watches Glee, so she knew immediately it was him. And he was sitting at a little table with a couple friends, and she was like, Do you know who that is? I'm like, No. Like, <laughs> so she told me, and we were up at the register, and I was like, Oh, that's cool. Um, and then there was a girl in front of me that was take trying to take photos of him. Mm. And I like straight up said out loud, like, that's so rude. Like I was, Kayla was like, shut <laughs> up. I'm like, that is so rude. Like, why are you, why are you not letting him have his juice right now? Yeah. Like, like he's just sitting there trying to enjoy something to eat and a conversation with his couple friends. Like, I think, I don't know if working in entertainment puts me in that kind of, you know, mindset where I am like, well, one who cares because they're all people too, because right. we work with them. So we know. Mm-hmm. And two, like, you know, we understand like what a bother that is to someone to yes. like not give them their privacy. 
Um, yeah. yeah, like Darren Chris, there was no security. He was just chilling. Like, is he at a point in his career now, a few years later, where that's different? Is he more famous now? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there are people who can get away with it. And like, I, in New York, I've walked past, um, I've walked past Jerry Seinfeld, who like, is oh my a God. big deal. Like, yeah, huge, know, like huge. Just walked by him on the street. And I walked by Seth Rogen on the street before. And like, he's He's kind of a big deal like he big was, deal but like also like who in new york like what guy in new york doesn't look like seth rogan yeah. like they all just <laughs> look like bearded schlubby i was gonna you know, say <laughs> yeah blending in yeah um, yeah but i did um <laughs> oh i guess i don't know two two stories come to mind but i definitely uh was on the other side of it at one point in my life which is like a terribly embarrassing story but also hilarious yeah now you have to tell it I will I will I will so um back I don't even know what year it was it had to have been like 2012 and I think it was either like right when I started working in the industry or right before and um the Westboro Baptist Church was like protesting something in Boston I think it was after the marathon bombings or something okay. so maybe it was later than that but I'm, I might be missing the timeline up but either way um my friend and I went to this like anti-Westboro Baptist church protest so we thought we were like so cool we had like uh, uh, hats on and peace sign I don't know whatever <laughs> yeah yeah and- So we were out getting lunch and Bradley Cooper was shooting in Boston oh and he was it one of the was, um David O. Russell films I think it was Joy okay I think. um and he like came to the protest but we were like inside getting lunch at a little like cafe thing and somebody like I in my memory it was somebody literally coming in and being like Bradley Cooper's outside like you know like in a movie definitely did not happen that way but there was like all this stirring around the cafe that like Bradley Cooper was outside and literally my friend Lauren and I hello Lauren hi Lauren dropped all of our stuff we left our bags we (laughs) left all of our belongings at this table in this very busy cafe ran outside and with a group of other people like basically chased Bradley Cooper down the street until he got in a car and zoomed up and I feel (gasps) really terrible and embarrassed about it but it was hilarious ran after him yeah we did I don't know what we thought was going to happen if we caught him he wasn't running but we were (laughs) you just wanted to get a glimpse of him so badly we did we did he looked great he was wearing like a white suit and like he just looked great. He looked so cool. But um, yeah, that was like probably a, a most embarrassing, top 10 embarrassing moments of my life. Well, it's um, so like interesting because as people who work in entertainment, it's like, what is the proper way to handle being around a celebrity when you're not at work? Yeah, because not, that, not what that, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't even like him that much like I don't I think I was just like caught up in that moment it's like the hysteria of the group because everyone's like oh my god it's barely cool oh my god and like my yeah like really everyone just wanted a glimpse like yeah yeah you get excited. excited yeah versus like oh Darren Chris is at a juice shop that's normal right like that feels very average to me and like when 
<laughs> so okay at rap parties we see celebrities right in a, in a like very social environment yeah and I remember at the black mass rap party I was like talking to somebody and I turned around and was face to face with Adam Scott oh literally just thought he was somebody we worked with because he looked like a regular guy and I like didn't immediately place him in my mind and so I was just like hey what's up happy party and he was like cool yeah. <laughs> I was like all right bye because then I realized who he was like, and then oh. I didn't actually know him but like such a recognizable face that you assume you know them yeah like they don't know you but you assume that you know them because you've seen them on television so many times and I think people are probably over familiar with celebrities for that reason I feel like it's complicated like seeing a celebrity is a complicated situation because for instance like I'm a huge Quentin Tarantino fan Mm. love all his movies like I have a Quentin Tarantino book on my coffee table I have a Jackie Brown poster framed in my living room like big fan yeah I'm one of those people that like has a favorite director. I know not a lot of people like have a specific director that they're like, Mm -hmm. I have to go see every single movie. I love every single one. They do no wrong. Mm -hmm. Like anyway, so love, love, love him. Always said like, oh, it would be great if I could work with him someday. Mm -hmm. I would just love to see the way he works because his movies are so specific. And I would love to see how he creates the vision and all that stuff. Um, anyway, I saw him one day. I was at a um, little Italian restaurant um, in Larchmont Village, which is a big area in Los Angeles for celebrity sightings. They love going there for like mm. meetings and restaurants. And it's like a cute little outdoor shopping area. And they have restaurants and clothing stores and knickknack stores and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I was sitting this restaurant happens to have floor to ceiling windows and Mm. I'm looking out the window and with Jesse and a couple friends and I just see Quentin Tarantino just out there on the (laughs) sidewalk and I'm like literally like breaking out into a sweat I'm like oh my god it's it's Quentin I was like Jesse what do I do and he's like go say hi I'm like I cannot go say hi to him like I can't because (laughs) I just feel that I can I'm I cannot be a fan what if I end up working with him someday I can't be the girl that was like hey I'm a huge fan I mean I could I'm sure they're always um you know flattered and he would have been fine with it I'm sure he's used to it and he probably wouldn't remember but that's true (laughs) the off chance I could I was like oh my god I can't do it because if I end up working with him I can't be the production girl that like had a fangirl moment at Larchmont Village. <laughs> so I didn't, I just yeah. sat there. He was with two actors too. And now I'm blanking on who they were, but like one of them had been in a couple of his movies, you know, he mm-hmm. repeats actors a lot. Um, but yeah, he was with two actors. They must've just been having a lunch meeting, but um, yeah. I just I was like, you know, if I didn't work in film, I probably would have gone and like gotten his autograph. Yeah. But like, I felt that it was like, I can't, I cannot do it. I was like, I'll just have to be satisfied with like knowing we were at the same place and hopefully yeah. I, 
hopefully I can work with them someday and and like reminisce over the story of seeing yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah it's like it's it's fair I feel like it is very like it's strange being you know feeling like an entertainment worker that you do have to like also be a little bit professional outside of work too about it but you also like are just like every other human being and you're a fan of people and you Mm -hmm. love certain actors and you love certain directors and it's almost like that gets taken away from you when you do work in film because you just feel like well I can't behave that way or I can't be like crazy yeah you know yeah. we'll give you that pass on Bradley Cooper Mary Kate I it was yeah, a one-off that, it's was, not- <laughs> that was really not my finest I did meet Jason Siegel twice which was a very big deal if you remember Rebecca I do you who don't know anybody who's listening who's my friend knows about this phase um, <laughs> is it a phase or is it a lifestyle loving Jason Siegel but such um, a random person to love too <laughs> He's so cute. I think he's great. He's just, he is great. I love him. I think he's so funny and I love his movies, but I'm just like, that's not the, it's not like Leonardo DiCaprio where you're like, everyone's obsessed with him. It's just such a (laughs) random actor to like be like that one actor. He was my guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I mean, like I'm a normal human being now, but like he was my big time crush and I'm a human being now (laughs) are you though I mean (laughs) not so much probably not um but I did meet him before working in the industry because he was getting I don't know if we've talked about this on here before but he was getting an award from Harvard the Hasty Pudding Award which is like a actors award they give out every year and so he was in my hometown of Cambridge and Mm. I like he posted about being at a bar on Twitter and so I was like I'm going to that bar obviously so we like went to the bar and my friend came with me and I sat when I got there nobody was there even though he had posted about it and so like I went up and sat like a few bar seats down from him it was like really a I'm like getting heart palpitations thinking about it I like sat a few seats down from him and then finally I was like I would really be upset with myself if I didn't say hi to you and he was like hey yeah come on over like he was so nice and like I like sat moved over down the bar seat next to him and like we hung out I shouldn't say like we hung out but like the bar you know he was like chilling with the whole bar kind of a thing and like he was really friendly with the bartender and it was like really cool. He was really, really a cool dude. And um, that's good. You yeah. Like and then crush like your dreams. No. And then a couple nights later, a friend and I were out in the same area and we're at a different bar and he walked in and I was like, Oh my God, that's what? so that's weird. It was really weird. It was yeah. really, really crazy. And so I remembered what he had drank the night before and ended up like sending him over his drink because like, okay, would I do that for any celebrity no but I loved this man like I really was a big big fan I get, listen, I get it <laughs> you I know totally get it but yeah no and he came right over and he was like oh my god hey what's up and we like chatted and like yeah really nice guy and it like kind of made my life a little yeah, bit yeah see I think it's actually pretty cool because you know, we idolize these celebrities and that's totally normal. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, 
it's so human yeah. to like see someone on screen to see them in all these movies and to just you know because you can put them in a category in your head where it's like you can create your own scenario and it's totally human I would never mm-hmm. I would I mean I definitely like to make fun of you for it but <laughs> there's plenty to make fun of for with me too so it's fine um but I think that's great that he was cool and that you saw him twice and he was cool both times mm-hmm. and like now in your head you know even as you get older and you're not like so obsessed with him anymore like right. at least you can be like that celebrity that i was attracted to and felt this connection with you know whether it was authentic or not like yeah. <laughs> uh I got to meet him yeah and, and I like, got to meet him and I didn't even try the second time he just showed up at the freaking bar I was at I mean yeah. that's that's a great memory for you to have yeah yeah and like and, the thing too is like if I ever ended up working with him I would I was chill enough that I would just be like oh hey I met you before totally. like what's I like I don't you know, even I wouldn't even attempt to think that he would remember me because I'm sure he wouldn't because he was like hanging out with everybody. But like, you know, I would say, hey, and I'd be like, yeah, we met before. And so I do think like, to your point about worrying about like whether or not you're professional or whatever, like, don't be Bradley Cooper, Mary Kate. (laughs) It's okay (laughs) to be Jason Segel, Mary Kate. Yes. You know, you can be normal. I would like to note uh, just a couple famous people that I've ran into at restaurants please Justin Bieber and when I say I ran into him I mean I saw him at the bar in Atlanta at a restaurant when I was in town working on a film Jesse was actually in the bathroom with him oh and did he have any comments um, did he look did he look because I would have looked I I mean no I think he like bumped into him like Justin was coming out and I will say Justin did have that was so horrible (laughs) all right everyone I Uh, think we should end the show there I I just don't know where I can go from there I'm gonna have to cut that actually no I'm just gonna (laughs) leave it because you're seeing all sides of Mary-Kate today um (laughs) <laughs> he was yeah jesse bumped into him and he did have security with him so he's a security person ah, but he's okay. justin bieber so i get that i can see why and then there's a little restaurant heads up for anyone that's coming to la that wants a celebrity sighting mm-hmm. uh little doms uh in on the east oh. side in los Feliz, los angeles very popular spot for celebrities in fact like you can look it up online like if you typed it in mm. It would be like, oh, lots of celebrities go here. And there's like photos of celebrities there. But I have seen Constance Zimmer there, who yeah. I really like a lot as an actress. Yeah. And I was there with my dad when he was visiting and she was like at the table next to me. And I was like, dad, we're at a really good table. <laughs> and he's like, oh, he didn't know who she was. I was like, she's famous and she's so cool. Um, and like then unreal. There, yeah oh my god me too and then another time I was there I was literally at the table and the tables are like the outdoor tables are very close together mm-hmm. and I was literally right next to Nicole Richie and Ooh, I know I and really she like was her. there with um you know Aaron Paul's wife how she's kind of famous I don't know if I know her so her name is Lauren and she works for a nonprofit organization where uh, it's called the Kind Campaign. Mm. And she's 
against female bullying, which everyone knows I'm a huge advocate of. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, so I took a liking to her, but she was with Nicole at this restaurant. And I was Love like, it. was I with Jesse? I must've been, but I didn't say anything because that's my my personal rule like don't do it yeah but I would love to talk to her about her job like if we weren't at a restaurant setting because you always just like don't want to bother people but um but yeah it's it's funny it's like living in these major cities you're always like seeing people running into people and it's so interesting because I feel like back in in the early to mid 2000s like Nicole Richie would have been one of those people that's getting followed by paps and like getting their picture in Us Weekly. Like I used to read Us Weekly when I was in high school all the time and like loved right. Nicole Richie, especially during the like the simple life years. Yes. I'm sure that she has been there and now is like kind of a normal person and like Yeah, I didn't see I looked around for paparazzi that night because I was like figuring that someone was going to be there but yeah. I didn't see anything and then I like googled it I think um I did see she was taking snapchats of herself um mm-hmm. that ended up surfacing online because she okay. had posted them and then it's then like you know the trades got into it and they were like oh yeah. she was out with Aaron Paul's wife and I was like looking at the photos and Rebecca <laughs> yeah I know well I was like am I in the background to any of these photos? (laughs) That'd be kind of cool, but I was not invited to dinner with Nicole Richie and Aaron Paul. How dare we not be invited? (laughs) Just sitting right next to him and didn't get an invite. Oh my God, I love it. Speaking of celebrities um, and actors, we had a really cool guest um, coming up. Alyssa Pelt, who's an assistant director and a stand-up comedian, and she makes film, short films. Mm-hmm. She's like, does it all, but she um, works very closely with actors um, on films because assistant directors end up having to deal with them all the time. And mm-hmm. we have a great conversation with her that I think you guys are really gonna like. Let's jump into it. I think this is a great time to bring her on. Sounds good, enjoy everyone. the amazing Alyssa Pelt, who is an assistant director and a stand-up comedian. Hello, Alyssa. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm hanging in there, you know, trying to keep busy. (laughs) Yep, as we all are. It's so good to meet you. It's under weird circumstances because this week has been so crazy, but this is like a shining bright light of the week is to get to record with Rebecca and also to meet new new powerful ladies that like make me feel good about the world a little bit so I'm excited for this we need it <laughs> yes absolutely I'm sure the audience does too so Alyssa and I actually met working on the reshoots of a film called Morbius um which was a Marvel Sony picture is it is it a superhero yeah so it's um a comic it's based on a comic about a doctor who is played by Jared Leto and he becomes a vampire. I fully thought it was a Matrix movie. I just (laughs) was very wrong. But I'm pretty sure (laughs) the guy who offers the pills in Matrix is also Morbius. It's yes. Okay. So I'm not crazy. That's where I was coming from. I was like, it's a 
it's not okay. Okay. I thought I it was just... like an origin stories for uh Lawrence. What's his name? Lawrence Fishburne. Sure. That's a good. That's a good movie though. They should have a right. Yeah, that would be a great kind of like excited prequel for it. Okay, nobody still Mary Kate. You got to copyright yeah, that idea. <laughs> but Alyssa, tell us um, kind of how you got into the business and what you do for work on the film um, on the film end of things as the assistant director. Yeah, so I went to school for film production and I graduated long ago now. <laughs> like uh 2014 and I actually got my start in I know long it's, so long, long, it's long for me it's long for me like ten, 10 years after I graduated um so I started I got my start actually in Cleveland they have a pretty good film production world slash tax incentive mm -hmm. so I interned on my first movie there which like was amazing and I just didn't stop working. I started as a set intern, uh, you know, just like holding doors for important people and making sure p important people close the doors. And now I'm in the DGA, you know, basically doing the same thing, but making a little more money. Yeah. So <laughs> Are you from Cleveland? I am. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. I love hearing that. Cause like Rebecca and I talk about it all the time, starting out in like Massachusetts, Rhode Island film. And like now you're in LA. So when did you move to LA? So I worked in Cleveland for about two years and I felt I had made enough connections out in LA to like make the move and someone right. would let me mm -hmm. PA on a TV show or something. Nice. And, that, and, and then it, did it happen? Yeah, it worked. I will tell you, I haven't stopped working uh, until now, until I was forced to stop. So Wow. wow. That's yeah. incredible. I can't say the same for myself. So perhaps. No. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, I, I think like I was just talking about this with my parents today about like when you take your first film job and you like don't know if it's like a big risk and whether you're going to keep working or not, it's, it's always so interesting. And then like, yeah, good talent just keeps working. So that's, that's really cool. So, so you have worked your way up on the set kind of ladder and what are, what are you exactly doing now? Yeah. So I'm an assistant director, so I'll break it down, but for people, the short answer for people who aren't in film, um, it's basically logistics and scheduling. So I work as a second assistant director, um, which is like second in my department. There's usually like, obviously, but people ask that. Um, and I'm all about planning for what's to come. So those call sheets that like are Bibles now and like everyone reads, uh, I make. That's like my one job is to sit in front of a computer and play on Excel and make sure everyone knows what they're doing the next day. It's it's fun. It's basically a giant brain teaser all day. Yeah, and it's, it's <laughs> a lot of, for those who don't know, it's scheduling what time, right? The actors have to arrive yeah. on set and leave their uh, house. And then, you know, the the schedule of the day and all that, as far as like what's happening on set and all the background actors and the stunt guys and like that's all falling into you to kind of like arrange and organize right yeah yeah of like how long it'll take uh so and so to get ready but 
you know, the makeup artist also has to see three other people that morning. So it's basically just logistically putting everyone in the same hair and makeup chair at the same time. Yeah. It's like where everyone needs to be and when, and like dealing with people's turnaround times mm-hmm. and making sure people so many need. variables. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I don't know how you guys do it. Honestly, it's, it's very stressful. If you, what is your like plan of attack when you're thinking about this? Like, are you looking at like, okay, I'm counting backwards. Like everybody has to start at nine and I'm counting backwards for every single person. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. So actually it's super fun. So let's say that's a weird thing to say. It's super fun, but like, let's say everyone's (laughs) got to be ready at 9am and let's say you have three actors in the morning. Uh, one takes an hour and a half. You just subtract an hour and a half from nine o'clock but then let's say you have someone who's two hours so usually you strategically find out how long they take in hair and how long they take on makeup and then at what point can they switch chairs so I can put someone else in another chair Mm. yeah and are you doing like are you telling like you know I don't know the electrics and stuff like that like you're giving their call times too like you're doing all of it yeah so it's a lot of like just I like it because you get to talk to so many people. So, you know, you talk to the grips and electric and you ask, Hey, do you need a pre-call tomorrow? So do you need to come in before call time to make sure everything's set up for when we want to shoot? And they'll be like, well, yeah, it's a new location. So like, give us a half hour. Um, so that changes the caterer changes when the medic comes in. Now that changes when, um, COVID officers come in because everyone's got to get screened. So it's all like Uh, working back of things. COVID probably has added a lot of complications to your job too. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. I, uh, it's just a whole nother thing you got to think about. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You add it it into the mix. Yeah. You just add it into the mix. Um, hopefully your production plans properly and you get a whole COVID team. So it's not all falling on the second AD to plan. So productions that I take now, uh, I always make sure there's a COVID person on it that helps with scheduling and also safety because it doesn't all fall on me. Right. You have enough to deal with. There aren't enough hours in your day. Don't you? (laughs) I mean, aren't your hours like insane? Like, aren't they like, what way more than the shooting crew yeah so um as a second ad one of the things you have to do is make sure all the actors know where they're going the next day mm-hmm. um so you you email them all individually just so like you cover your ass in case something happens so that's right. like an extra hour of work after at the end of the day that's crazy a lot yeah Speaking of actors, because Mary-Kate and I were talking about actors earlier in our intro, um, I know you deal with them all the time, and we won't name names here, because we're classy like that. Um, (laughs) We all want to keep our jobs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But like, you know, since you were a PA until now, you're constantly in touch with actors. Like when you were a base camp PA, I know that job you had to like go knock on the door to the actor's trailer and be like hey they need you on you know five minute warning we need you on set um you know and they're always coming into the trailer or some of them come to the trailer and harass you for this and that and whatever else because you're basically the actor's contact person um on set yeah have you had any like crazy experience like funny stories or crazy experiences like is it true that 
sometimes they just like won't leave the trailer or like, you know, give you a hard time or do you, do you like working with actors? Is it fun? Like what's your experience there? Um, I kind of, I mean, I kind of like being their go-to person. I think it's kind of a, uh, you know, you, you feel important. Yeah. You know? of course. So like, yeah. it's like you take care, I call them my babies or whatever. You take care <laughs> of them. Yeah. They're hungry. You make well. sure you, they get what they want. And like, it's just like little things of like remembering what they like in their coffee, like goes the long way. Mm. Um, it's fun totally. because they, they get to know you. So I uh, worked on a show where I worked with an actor for like a year Oh, wow. And I would give him like ETAs of like when he's needed on set. And finally, he like turns to me and he goes, I know when you're lying about the ETA. <laughs> like, he like knew you so he's well. Like, at that yeah, point. he's like, he's like, you always like, you come up and you always come up, you start the sentence with like, so it's going to be <laughs> 10 minutes. And he's like, whenever you do that, I know it's going to be 30. Like, <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. He's so like, you, funny. you blink your left eye and yeah. your mouth goes up a little bit on that side when you're. Yeah. Like, oh Cause they're God. always studying people's mannerisms. So right. they're like, I know when you're oh, lying. So yeah. figure it out. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, that's funny. so funny. Yeah. I know like from working on set when I was an assistant, um, there's like so much stress that like comes from set from like the director and the first AD when an actor is needed on set. And there's like all that pressure at base mm-hmm. camp um, to be like, where is he? Is he ready? Is he in here in makeup? Is he dressed? You know, like there's just, and yeah. it's kind of like, do you get, does that stress you out to be like, oh my God, I can't, like this actor needs to get out of the trailer. And he's just like, not ready. Like, how do you balance that? I think when I first started out, it was a, like, it's all on me. It's all on me. Like I messed up, but I think again, they're people. So, right. Uh, apparently sometimes people take longer to get dressed I take 30 seconds but you know sometimes (laughs) they need 10 minutes so it's really just like knowing where everyone's at so as long as you keep like a list or like start a stopwatch you can kind of answer these questions not so flustered so the ADs are kind of like okay like at least they're not running around or you lost them you know Right. Yeah. Like yeah, you, ha- you just need to have like an answer. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be the right answer, but you have to like be able right. to, so you have to know where they are. Cause again, I'm a bad liar. So like, <laughs> right. <laughs> it shows. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. I think that's so true. Like across the board, like you, you don't have to have like everything always totally lined up, but like, as long as you are like doing your best and you're not like personal re- personally responsible like like you want to be responsible I shouldn't say it like that but like right. you want to be responsible for for what you're responsible for but like it's not like if somebody's running a little bit behind like it's not your fault like right and that that only just takes time to learn I'm sure yeah yeah and I feel like you know making a film in general it's like such a well-oiled machine and as we continue to do this podcast we talk to people that do like each and every job and you know your job while it seems like it's the biggest job on the movie because you're scheduling actors uh it's still such a small part of you know what's like there's still everything that's going on on set you know and everything that's going on everywhere else so as long as you know your little part is you know doing what it needs to do then everything else can can work I guess 
Um, but yeah, it's insane when you try to tell people like, how do you make a movie? And it's like, I can't even, don't get me started. Like you can't explain it yeah. because every job is so freaking complicated. And my, my uh, mom, I took her on set. I remember the first time she like came on to like a real movie set. I was shooting in Cincinnati and she was like, there's so many people here. Yeah. <laughs> like she, <laughs> yeah. My grandfather does that all the time. It's so yeah. Cute. Every time I talk to him, he's like, I was watching the credits to whatever movie, like there's like 300 people that show up their names on that credit. Like there's that many people that work on a movie. I'm like the construction apartment alone, department alone is like a hundred people. I mean, yeah. come on, who do you think yep. builds all this stuff? Like <laughs> it's crazy. That is so awesome. Um, I always have admired assistant directors. I think the job seems extremely stressful, tedious. Um, do you aspire to be a first assistant director, which is for those who don't know the person that works on set and is directly with the director? Yeah, actually. Um, so I thought, I mean, I love base camp. I love second ADing. I love mm -hmm. the logistics of it, but mm -hmm. um, I've actually started slowly first ADing some smaller things Ooh. and yeah, I love it. I think it's, again, it's just another form of problem solving. Yeah. Um, because explain, you know. explain to people what, Exact. I didn't say it correctly before, no, but explain to them what they do because it's like kind of a whole different job. In a yeah. Way. So where the first, where the second AD is making sure everything's planned for the next day, mm -hmm. the first AD is on set making sure that plan is going into effect. Right. So you know, talking with the director of like how many setups he's going to use in this coverage of a scene, and like mm -hmm. making sure the director gets his coverage, but like also making sure we get everything we need in a day. Yeah, so and you have to you have to have such a strong personality to be a first AD because to stand up to the director and say like this isn't gonna work or like we gotta yeah. do it like this and you know to move the whole set along. I mean you're the the first AD is the boss of the set, right? So, yeah. so I just, just love that power. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it you gotta have a person that every first AD I know has a very strong personality and like you don't you have to. Yeah. That's for sure. So just because I think our listeners don't necessarily, some of them probably do, some of them work in the industry and some of them don't, but right. you work off of like different sets of paperwork that, like you said, you mentioned the call sheet that mm -hmm. everybody takes as Bible and that tells like who, what, where, when. Mm -hmm. um, but what do you, what else like keeps everything organized? Yeah, so there's some things um, that like a all ads have to make. So they get a they get the script and they break down the script and they create these things called um, one liners or day out of days and shooting schedules. Mm -hmm. And a one liner is basically a strip board or basically a calendar breaking down what we're going to shoot that day, what scenes we're shooting, what location we're in, what actors you need. Um, and then the shooting schedule gets more detailed with what kind of background do you need? What kind of props are there special effects? Uh, and all those in the day of days is for actors. So what actors, it breaks down their whole schedule. Mm -hmm. And these are distroed to the entire crew. So then everyone's on the same page. So though you get a detailed call sheet every day, if a grip, so if the best boy grip thinks they need something for a night shoot, they can look at the one-liner and say, oh, our night shoot is Friday, January 14th. So I yeah. know that I need to order extra lights, 
you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like everyone's like go-to piece of paper. It's like so important so that they can know what's going on when, when we're shooting what? Yeah. Yep. They have to be prepared for. Or when they need extra people. So like even an AD, if like, oh, our giant stunt day of driving is Thursday. I know I need to hire five extra PAs for lockups that day. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are kind of amazing. Do you have <laughs> any shows that you've worked on that stand out as like favorites or... I don't want to say horror shows because I won't even ask you that, but like, you know, like either extreme. I mean, I just, I've worked on a lot of, I've worked on a specific TV show that like became my family. So like a lot of my friends, I still, and like the actors, I mean, became, we became so close and it's so nice to like, you forget that like, though you're at work, you know, you've kind of like built this like environment of great people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy that like, I met these guys four years ago. I don't work on the show anymore just because I've moved on, but I still talk to them every day. You what know, show I, is it? Um, SWAT on CBS. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my nice. God, fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. You're so, it's such, you become such a family, especially if it's yeah. a good group of people. Totally. Um, that's awesome. Well, we know that, that is your day job being an assistant director and um I'm sure it keeps you busy enough but I know you also have a side hustle tell us about that because every person in film I feel like works on other stuff whether it's on their time off or at night or on the weekends we all creatively like to do other things so what's your thing Oh, goodness. Uh, yeah, I think everyone in LA has a screenplay, but yeah, <laughs> um, true, true. <laughs> I've been doing, I do stand up comedy. So that's kind of been my exciting side hustle that makes me no money, but you know, it gets <laughs> so it, cool. gets my creative juices. Um, that slowly. is amazing. I really admire uh, stand up comedians because I, I'm not, well, one, I can't tell a joke for my life, but. Yeah, tell me, tell me about like how you put a show together for that, and like what kind of shows you do here in LA. And yeah, um, so it was like funny how I stumbled into it. My dad's also a stand-up comic, mm. and yeah, um, I uh, signed up for like a storytelling class at UCB, and I like thought it was a writing class. Okay. And we get there the first day, and they're like, "Okay, so." Welcome to storytelling. Everyone's going to stand up and tell a 30 second story. And I was like, oh, this yeah. is not, I thought we were writing. This is not what I wanted. I, uh, I love the class. I thought it was great. And I just kept going down that avenue mm -hmm. of just like, you know, you just tell story, you get to go up on stage and tell stories. I would say I've been doing it for two years now. Um, and I'm not as story uh, focused. It's still, it's more jokes and stuff. And I think um, really you just have to find your voice is yeah. you just, what makes comedy funny or stand up funny is you have a point of view of something that, you know, other people usually have, and they're just afraid to say it, but like, also it's got your own personal spin on it. So you just build off of a set off of that. So, you know, they tell you to work on your tight five which doesn't have to like all have the same theme but like just your strongest jokes um and then go from there so I'll tell you I've been working on I have a I've been working on a set that's more oriented uh to trying to be an adult 
Okay. Yeah. Um, just because I've had a lot of very relatable. Yeah. I've uh, I've had in the past, I would say six months, I've had a lot of experiences of how hard it actually is to be an adult. Right. So yeah. yeah. I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. It's that's oh, that's so interesting. I didn't really know there was a like formula to it or or you know, like that's really fun. It it takes so much guts to get up there by yourself like I did improv at UCB in New York and like you have other people there with you Mm -hmm. to back you up but I can't like stand up takes a lot of guts it's just you on a stage with a mic so like how do you how do you prepare for going up there like how do you feel confident enough like what what's your process it depends I actually I um I get super nervous when I get up there. I, uh, I'll speed up a lot, mm-hmm. which is my big issue. So I can't, I actually, I just like, I can't think about it before I go on stage. So like, if I know that I'm up, like I can't like get in my head. head. Yeah, yeah, I don't go, I stop going over it. I just mm-hmm. like, I'm like, okay, you know what you're doing. You've told these jokes a hundred times. Like, just don't think about it. And then just go up there and tell your jokes. You right. know? Mm-hmm. Um, also the adrenaline rush is like fucking amazing. Yeah, <laughs> all those people like, well, not right now during COVID, but in the audience, like clapping and like the vibe of the bar or restaurant or yeah. whatever venue you're in. Like, I can't even imagine. That seems like fun. We did, I, I recently attended one of Alyssa's shows, which was on Zoom. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so cool. Or Flappers comedy, right? Yes. Um, and it was so much fun and she was the host mm-hmm. and uh, she did a little bit of stand up, and then she- uh, introed another a group of uh, different comedians and it was pretty awesome so do you feel like that's kind of how stand-up comedy is going right now like everyone's just doing these virtual shows and how do you feel about that like does it make you like do you not like to do it over zoom is it like less effective or um I have mixed emotions I for sure miss like you know going to the bar and like performing or like yeah. in front of five people mm-hmm. um I think Flappers has done a great job with their Zoom mics. Uh, mm-hmm. I've actually, I found that I've made more connections with comics over Zoom because we're like forced oh. to talk to each other at the beginning of shows. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it just, it is what it is. I like the idea of not needing to drive 30 minutes to go perform and I could True. just like log on and then be done and then like sure. go to bed. Um, and I'll tell you, I think... Zoom mics have actually helped with my pacing. So there's a, yeah, there's a slight delay on Zoom. So you actually have to pause for your laughter. So it's kind of, yeah, I would, that's awesome. So it's probably, it's a good thing in a way because it's training you for when you go back live. Yeah. Or in person, whatever. whatever, Yeah. Yeah. No, but yes. That's awesome. Um, Do you, like get inspiration from female any female or male comedians for your jokes like you know that comedy is pretty big now with a a lot of females amy schumer tina fey i'm gonna forget them all now that i'm trying to say them you know and then of course on the male side of it kevin hart and whoever else but do you have uh anyone you aspire to or whatever oh yeah um there was a I think I still am there was a time where I was obsessed with Eliza Schlesinger I like like, her oh she's great I uh there was a 
it was when she had her talk show on Freeform. Uh-huh. There was like a weird week where I was able to see her live three times that week. Like oh I went to her God. show taping oh and then God. she was like at the Laugh Factory. And I like, I just loved seeing her yeah. perform. Yeah. That's awesome. She's very funny. That's really She's also, cool. it's just smart comedy. So I love the yes. idea of like, yes, you know, making fun of something and like, but like also having a joke about it. So I yeah. like the idea of having fun mm. with something, but then also having a metaphor of, you know, how crazy it is to be a woman sometimes, you know. I feel like that I'm glad you brought that up because I love smart comedy and well-written comedies. Um, and I have such a thing with females who use like sex and like disgusting things to be funny. Like, I mean, men and women alike, but I feel like some comedians, you know, like Amy Schumer, like her whole thing is about like, I'm going to be disgusting. I'm going to be nasty and dress gross and talk about sex and just that that's my thing. That's how I'm funny. Um, and I personally don't think it's funny. Um, I don't know if you agree or disagree, but like, do you feel that way? Do you feel like you try to stay away from those kind of jokes? Do you think it's effective at all? Cause I'm wondering, cause I feel like more and more now, like people aren't doing that as much. Yeah. I think, um, you know, uh, I mean, I think everyone has their own style. Right. Um, you know, I would tell you my dad, who's a stand-up comic, has always told me, like, don't tell fart jokes. He's like, <laughs> it's an easy laugh. He's like, you know, challenge yourself a little more. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think everyone goes for what works for them. Um, again, I like when I learn and you study what other comics do, it's really just like I've said, find your own point of view. Yeah. And that like that'll help you find the joke in things, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think, I feel like speaking to sort of that Amy Schumer, some some women comedians are, are more dirty than others. Like to some, like, I think it's, an, it's a little bit of an argument of taste, but also like, you know, if that's what works for them, like you said, like go for it. And I think probably there was a time in comedy where women, we're expected to be so over-sexualized that like, yeah. why not flip that on its head and be like, yeah, I am over-sexualized. Take a look at this and like, whatever. And now, thankfully, it maybe seems like there are more opportunities for women in comedy that yeah. don't have to be just that to succeed. Like you don't have to be over-sexualized or like whatever, or you can, if you want to, like, yeah. that's, that's, that's your vibe, go for it. I mean, Whitney Cummings' new Netflix special had her, like, with her sex doll. Like, that was the whole thing. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even know that. That's yeah. so funny. It's so, so funny. And I think that it's such an interesting point, too, because, like, everyone has their taste in comedians and thinks, you know, because I'm sure, like, Amy Schumer's huge, very famous. I met her once, and I, like, almost died. Like you were so happy. You were so I was excited. so excited. I was so excited. I like, awesome. just because she, you know, she's a female comic and like, yeah. it was like right at the beginning, uh, Trainwreck had just come out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I was doing this like weird random shoot in Akron, Ohio, because that's where LeBron James is from. And mm-hmm. he was like doing a train wreck premiere there. And they like called me and I like basically missed like my, almost like my brother's graduation to be on this shoot. Cause I was so excited that Amy Schumer was going to be there. 
Oh my God. And I love that. <laughs> so funny. I was like a PA and like I go to like introduce myself. Like LeBron James is like in the f- background and I like don't even pay attention. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm a huge fan of you. Like, that's amazing. And she was like, oh, that's great. Like, thanks. Like, my name's Amy. What's yours? And I was like, oh, right. Cause like you don't know who I am. Like, that's <laughs> she will someday. Yeah. You know what's so <laughs> funny? Another uh woman comedian told a story on a podcast that I listened to in Uh which she met Amy Schumer and Amy Schumer said hi I'm Amy and so what's your name and this woman goes hi I'm Amy and she just like (laughs) repeated it back at her even though it was not her name like her name was not not her name but she was so like nervous nervous and excited that she just said hi I'm Amy yeah (laughs) I like I thought I was gonna throw up on her like I was so that's so funny it's just so interesting to see how people how people because I like don't think she's funny at all and like would probably be like I don't even know who that is if I saw her well I I don't know her I don't know who that is I carry of you I don't know who that is um so Alyssa your creative juices are always flowing between work and comedy which is also work uh and I understand you also have just uh made a short film I don't know how you have time for all this by the way Um, (laughs) how many hours are in your day this is impressive Beyonce okay (laughs) enough to have time to play Call of Duty so yeah okay fair enough Uh, (laughs) so tell us yeah tell me about like this short film and what you did like did you write it like did you yeah so this was this was actually this one was filmed about a year ago Okay. So my sister's an actress, my little sister. So it's easy to like, be like, Hey, we're going to shoot this, mm-hmm. you know, deal with it because I'm the older sister and that's how that works. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've shot this short, I don't want to give too much of the plot away. Cause there's a little bit of a twist at the end. Um, but yeah, I came up with this idea and I like, I'm all about filming within my needs or like filming within like what I have. So like we rented a camera for like a hundred bucks and like just ran around mm-hmm. and shot this experimental short. And like my whole goal is to always um, showcase my sister's talent. Cool. So I think she's actually, she's actually a really good actress. And um, it's just fun because again, she as a little sister takes my directing very seriously. So it's always fun to like cool. give her a note and like watch yeah. it. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. So you, you wrote it, directed it. Yeah, and Shot edited it. it. Yep, edited it. I, oh did you God. have any? Did you hire any crew to do sound or <laughs> uh, anything? Like no. That? So luckily, this one is a voiceover, so okay. I wasn't worried okay. about the sound, which helps. Um, my seventeen-year-old cousin who does like TV production in high school, I was like, "Hey, come help me like set up lights." So that was like an extra pair of hands. Um, we actually do have an original score, which cool. I think wow. actually is the highlight of the short film um the artist I know him from like mutual parent friends but uh his his name is Brett Fromson you can look him up on Facebook he has like he's a musical artist so he has a lot of stuff out there so he actually wrote the score for the movie which I think helps you know tremendously what's the name of it uh the movie's called stay together and we will be releasing the YouTube link on January 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, awesome. everybody write that down. Yeah. I'm, right. <laughs> I'm excited for it. That's, yeah. that's crazy. So you're just, you're always writing. I mean, yeah. Whether you're uh, writing comedy, you're writing films. I mean, what's your, what, what do you, do you feel like you have a focused goal of like, okay, eventually I'd like to make money doing this alone, whether it's the director, the comedian or assistant director? Well, uh, right now, the only thing that pays is the assistant directing stuff. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but because of COVID, that's not paying much either. Mm-hmm. Um, I joke with my mom, who, you know, does her normal mom stuff of like, always pushing me to do more. And she's always like, pick someone you want to work for. Who do you want to work for? And I'm at the point where I was like, I just want to work for myself. Like, right. I just want to do my own thing. So actually, um, and my sister and I'll make a big announcement uh, during our premiere, but we're actually starting to focus in on how her and I can help each other with our goals and okay. what we want to do with, you know, creating content and like, I don't want right. to be a TikTok star, but like, I want to create my own stuff, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. I think, I mean, you're already halfway there with just everything you've been doing so far. So that's great. Yeah. And there are so many opportunities, I think, for people to who who are talented and like you have a foothold because of all the work that you've done so far with like larger productions. Like you it it's such an awesome time to be like, for lack of a better word, on the internet. You have like so an audience at your disposal. It's exciting. Do you have yeah, any so. um comedy shows coming up that we need to know about so people can check out? Yeah. Yeah, I actually am performing on Zoom with Tao Comedy Studio, uh, which Great. is based out in LA, um, January 16th, 8 p.m. Pacific time. Okay, so we have two yes. things to look forward yes, to. Yes, for it's you. a big weekend. <laughs> yeah, I love it so much. Thank you so awesome. much for joining us, Alyssa. It has been yeah. so Thank fun. You. Thank to you hear. for having me. This of was fun. Of course. We love learning about all of your talents and I look forward to watching your short film and attending your next comedy show. Yes, yeah, I will you. stay up until 11 o'clock and be, okay. and be an adult, but like a young adult. I don't know. Yeah. Like, as yeah. a 30-year-old, I like very rarely am up that late, but like, right. you know what? We're doing it. We're doing yeah. it to see your show all the way from the East Coast. So <laughs> thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 11 of How Are We Not Invited? We hope you enjoyed it and you had some fun and we gave you some laughs. Yes. Happy New Year. Check us out on Instagram at notinvitedpodcast. If you have any celebrity encounter stories that you'd like to share with us, hit us up. Yes, please do. I love the dirt. But seriously, guys. Seriously, guys? But seriously, guys. How are we not invited? invited?